0: Hi this is Bobby Ryan of the Detroit Red Wings and you are listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mack and Harrison.
1: Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 65 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Schultz. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my
2: co-host, Nick Manella. How are we doing, buddy? Doing good, man. Can't complain. Um, It's been like cold as hell here the last couple days, but as you guys might notice from behind me, finally took down my Christmas decorations that had been up basically (laughs) through March, so... Nobody uh, gave you any shit about that. I'm shocked. No, not at all. So, uh, yeah, here we are, thriving.
1: I still got a little Christmas tree in my apartment. No shame. Uh, now we're going to toss it off to our producer on the West Coast, Mac Vogel. How are we feeling, buddy?
0: I'm doing good. I, uh, I can't exactly relate to the Christmas problem. I actually never decorated for Christmas in the first place this year. Lucky um, man. With it <laughs> just being a weird year with COVID, didn't go home, stayed in Cali, so um kind of feels like we skipped skipped christmas this year but on the bright side i didn't have to take any decorations down undecorating the tree is just like that's yeah. gotta be the worst thing ever and know? it takes like twice as long too. Mm-hmm, to yeah. find the, every individual box for the right things and yeah it's
2: then you look down and like your knees, legs, and hands are just covered in glitter, which mm-hmm. makes me like want to crawl up inside my skin and die.
1: <laughs> and then if you decorate with your girlfriend, it prolongs the process like twice as long. Yes, yep. Nick's, Nick's like Nick like comment. <laughs>
2: <laughs> she might be listening. <laughs> um,
0: and also, it's not as fun. Like decorating takes forever too, but there's music and there's like booze and like yes, and yeah. When
1: you and get like, that, it, it's a little more fun. Yeah, when you're when you're not decorating, you usually don't have that. Yeah. True.
2: I learned so much this year about how all my ideas for decorating are terrible.
1: Oh, good for you. <laughs> you finally came to that realization, huh? Yep.
2: I all guess it. it's just not my thing. Oh, damn. That's such a shame. It really is. Yeah, I'm sorry for you. That's okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't you don't seem too broken up about it.
2: No, nah, you know what? You know, fail forward. I tried, didn't go. get it, but keep it rolling.
0: Love it.
1: There you go. That's the name of the game. Uh, So, today's episode, we were lucky enough to be joined by goaltender with the Tuscan Roadrunners. Tucson. Did I say Tuscan? (laughs) Uh,
0: You gotta be kidding me.
1: (laughs) Tucson Roadrunners. It's been five minutes. (laughs) Sorry, Chris. Tucson Roadrunners, AHL affiliate with the Arizona Coyotes, may have heard of them. Uh, Chris Chris Nell. We appreciate Chris Nell joining us. Sat down with him uh, last week, one of Mr. DeSalvo's friends. Uh, we appreciate, Dan, you hooking it up. Uh, you know, it means a lot. So we will have that interview in the middle of the episode later on. There's a lot of leaked news that we need to cover before we get there. And I'm going to toss it across the screen to Nick to drive the bus.
2: Before we get into the news, Harry, you and I were actually texting about this this morning. But I'd like to point out, because it this was like... I was today years old when I learned this. Like the the Coyotes affiliate is the Roadrunners. Like that's hysterical that's, when you think dude, about it.
1: Yeah, when you when you think
0: about it, which you know us not thinking. No, it took us a while, but yeah, twenty five years. Yeah, yeah, I actually never thought about that until right now. Either. Right, that is kind of that is kind of cool though. Yeah, yeah. at least you didn't say Tuscan, <laughs> dude. Um, uh, every
2: episode, it's something. <laughs> Anyways, so the Habs fired their coach. Uh, it was like a meteoric start to this season. They were just, you know, going straight to the moon and then they came crashing down pretty hard. So yeah, uh, they fired Claude Julien, uh, Dominic de is the new head coach. And, uh, do you guys think this was like really dumb overreaction too quick? What's the thought process here?
0: I don't know. I'm so torn on this one. I, I don't know what to say fully about it. I think that Claude Julien is obviously a tremendous coach, Hall of Fame coach, but um, it's a little tough for me to believe that like he was the problem. You know what I mean? Like, it, I think initially I was kind of shocked just because you don't think of a guy like that as being the problem. Um, but then again, you know, we don't know what's going on in the locker room or anything. Perhaps it was the right call. I trust that they, you know, they're an organization that. I would like to think they know what they're doing. They're the Montreal Canadiens. You wouldn't think they'd make a hasty move like this unless they really like had something up their sleeve, or they like kind of like I don't know. It made me think maybe they like a guy that's on the market right now, and um, that's why they didn't want to wait or something. It'll be interesting to see how it plays out like in a week or two, but I just don't think we have the full story here yet. Did you guys hear uh,
1: Shea Weber's like? he gave like some writer for the athletic, like a bit, like when Julian was still there and they were struggling, he's like, yeah, it's just like super negative around here right now. Like the, like it's kind of what he said. I I might be paraphrasing a little bit, but when you get a guy of, you know, that kind of caliber experience leadership saying that kind of raises some eyebrows. I'm not Um, sure if
0: I heard that, but that is interesting.
1: Yeah. It's just strange. Um, I don't know if this is going to propel the Canadians. I know Bergevin is on the hot seat, right? Cause this is kind of his last kick at the can. If they don't make the playoffs, he ain't going to get, he ain't going to get re-upped. So I think he's pulling out all the stops right now. We'll see. I mean, they promote the assistant coach. Julian has, you know, had a track record of sometimes burning out, you know, little, like he lasts a little bit and then it, the flame just dims after two or three seasons. Um, I I don't know. I I personally, and you guys know how I feel, think that the Canadians were a little overrated coming into the season, and I was shocked at how good of a start they had. Now I think we're kind of, they're kind of sitting where I expected them to, like probably that bubble spot. So um, I don't know. I don't think that this propels them farther forward, though, to be honest with you.
2: I just, I don't know. I, it's hard to tell. Like you guys said, like we don't know the full story of what was going on in the room. And sometimes if there is negativity and there's just like a negative energy going on there, one of the quickest things you can do to try and fix that is to fire the coach. So, you know, maybe he was just a, a consequence of how things were going there, but who knows a uh, long NHL player, Todd Bertuzzi was arrested the other night, uh, suspected DUI. So the 46 year old was apparently like swerving all over the road and uh, And then he got stopped at a red light, got pulled over and arrested because I think he denied like a breathalyzer or something. So that's not good. Uh, The Edmonton Oilers claimed goaltender Alex Stalock off waivers uh, from the Wild on Monday. And Stalock hasn't played a game so far this season, but he does have a 909 safe percentage and a 261 GAA in 151 career games between the Wild and the Sharks. So I don't think that's pretty bad.
0: I think he he was sort of a career backup so far, but like made little stints here and there of like, oh, maybe this guy can be the star. I think he actually was starting for a bit in Minnesota. Um, The tough thing is I just read that he, I know he hasn't played this year because he had COVID, um, but I just read that due to having COVID he's developed a heart condition now so I don't know if he's actually going to be able to return or not or what the timetable for that looks like but um yeah I don't I don't know exactly what what the Oilers move was in picking him up or if they didn't know that or what or if it's fine and he has one but it's playable and he'll be fine in a bit who knows that's all I know but that sucks yeah
2: uh, Patrick Kane notched his 400th goal on Sunday night. It's a pretty big milestone. The greatest United
1: States-born player to ever live, for sure. Say it, yeah. As it hundredth person in NHL history to reach the 400 marker. Congratulations to him, and my God, those reverse retros are nasty.
0: Yeah, impressive career so far. What can what else can you say about Kaner? He's had an uh, unbelievable um career and it was good to see him get the 400th honestly definitely too oh it
1: was a little toe drag it was nice
2: uh sammy came back for the caps uh ilia samsonov played his first game uh in pretty much six weeks after being out for that lovely breach of covid protocol and uh didn't start the game very well Let, let in like two complete muffins but um One was deflected. The Caps get it done. They get the win. That's the important thing. And it's good to have Sammy back.
0: I love that they were like, oh, he's uh, he's gotten torn up like three nights in a row in the AHL. Perfect. He's good to go. Call him up. Like he literally (laughs) lost like three games like badly with the Bears. And then they were like, cool. You're good. Let's go. Uh, And I didn't get to watch that game live. I watched it on replay. First goal sucked. As you said, I don't think he looked great. Um, but like you said, getting a win just is so important like for his confidence and everything, just just to get him in an NHL game again, get him a dub. Hopefully he'll be all right moving forward. I, I do hope we like start Vanek next game, though. I really would like to see them. I think of, he's expected to. I want them to just trade off, trade off, and see who plays better. But it's good to at least have two guys that are like – they feel like they're the guys that are supposed to be there now, you know, no offense to Anderson, but it's like, that's not really doing us any good for the future to like start.
2: Six weeks is a long time for any athlete to be away from their sport. But I feel like for a goalie, just, you know, getting those reps in night in and night out. I mean, that's gotta be so hard to, you know, sit for a while, then go to Hershey and then come back and do it. So I'm glad to see that they got a win in his first game back.
1: uh, Might want to add, Mr. fucali former guest into that list of goaltenders that should get a crack at something because he's been lights out in Hershey.
2: I think it's like we were talking about this the other day in our group chat. Like it's just time. Just why not call him up?
1: He's earned it, dude. Um, and if you haven't listened to that interview, you know, he he went through a rough patch and he talked about some of the struggles he had, and there's obviously nothing but respect, and you can't help but cheer for the guy at this point and He's, he's doing wonders right now for his career, so hopefully he can keep it up. And I, I really hope he ends up getting a crack at the Caps lineup.
2: I think he should. I mean, why not go with the young guy? Um, he's playing lights out in Hershey. He's putting up some incredible numbers and standing on his head. So uh, He's got
1: like three shutouts or something, I think, right? Exactly. Like that. And he's only been up there for like a month.
2: Yeah. So, so he's tearing it up. Uh, yeah. Speaking of goaltenders, did you guys see uh, – Binnington just go like full Hulk Hogan trying to fight like, you know, the entire Sharks bench.
1: Uh, I find it interesting that um, in Danny Christo's interview, we asked about him and he said, yeah, you know, like he's got that mental that that mental like I don't want to say edge, but he likes to get fired up he fires himself up. He's got to like hate something. It's I kind of got that vibe. He's one of those guys who has to hate something, even if he has to force himself to.
0: Well, and didn't he say something like, I forget exactly what crystal said, but you're right. He mentioned like um, he's always had a little bit of grit to his game. He said like, that's always been part of his game or something like that. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's interesting to see that. I mean, I love when goalies like get, you know, you don't, you don't want to see anybody upset, of course, but it's fun. It's fun to see goalies. Just a watch the fires cross. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Just because, you know, you don't see a lot, a lot. of goaltenders are so cool, calm, and collected when they're on the ice. You don't see a lot of personality. But just thinking back, too, to when... Um, God, who was it that... Uh, was it Samsonov that that slid for that win or, or whatever um, in the playoffs, in the bubble? No, Varlamov. That's what it was. Varlamov. Yeah. He, like, slid on the ice, like, after a big dub. Um, I don't know. I, I always love seeing big emotional stuff from goalies goalie fights goalie celebrations so and this is just one out of you know left field i I don't really
1: understand what happened he got pulled because he played like shit and then he basically bumped shoulders with like two different sharks sharks right sharks players and then went by their bench and kind of i don't want to say taunted them but definitely jawed off and uh he, he won over Blue's Twitter, I tell you that. He played like shit, but nobody remembers anymore. So that was a good tactic.
2: Yeah, whatever it takes, right? Yeah. Uh, Sabres forward Jeff Skinner has been a healthy scratch for about three <laughs> straight games, and that goes back to last Thursday. Uh, he's in the second season of an eight-year, $72 million contract. He has yet to score a goal this season and has one assist in 14 games.
1: What did I, do you remember this probably was like episode 20 when I said this about how this was the worst thing they could have done. And Jeff Skinner's a band aid, and he, the year he tore it up and had like 40, I was like, whoever signs
2: him to a big ticket is going to be an idiot. That was a one-off. That was like William Carlson's year where he put up like, what was it? Like 45 goals. Yeah. It's exactly what I said. You can
1: rewind the tape. I've been saying that since day one. And this is falling right in line with that prediction. I mean, the Sabers are a dumpster fire, and God knows what's going to happen because Eichel's been scratched for the last couple of games too. And some say it's day to day with something. I think it's like let's see what we're getting here. Um, so yeah, they got
2: to do something. I mean, and this contract just it sets them back so far in doing anything productive.
1: Uh, teams in shambles, and it's a yeah. shame really too because you really did think that they're going to turn it around. They have they have their young D man and uh, Dalene. They have. Eichel. They have Reinhardt. They have Cousins. Skinner's supposed to be better. They just don't have a goalie. That's kind of always been the grudge.
0: I think this trade deadline is going to be bonkers. Honestly, I I hope so. I think it's going to be a good one. I hope so, too. And, like,
1: the only thing that's, like, holding me back from saying it will be is, like, I keep hearing of all the different quarantine rules when you get, like, players or coaches. So, like, if you're making a run and then you have to take a two-week quarantine for the guy that you got to remove someone who's already in your lineup is like is it worth it like i don't know i hope you're right
0: that's a good point i think um maybe we'll see more interdivisional stuff because i think there are less rules on stuff like that i think Mm -hmm. it's like going over
2: the border too isn't it like if
0: you're going from
2: the u.s to canada you have to do 14 days yeah and it's seven days on the way back
0: but i think that um you know You try not to trade in your division for the most part, typically, but maybe we'll see more of that this year just so they're like, screw it, let's just swap guys and see. You know what I mean? Like It might be more of a fuck it mentality this year. We'll see. Maybe right. for those Canadian
2: teams, because you don't want to wait 14 days, like you guys right. mentioned, for you know a player coming from a team from the states. So I've
0: seen lots of stuff about Matthias Ekholm going somewhere. He seems to be yeah. a really hot name about getting moved somewhere. I saw um, three different Metro teams on the list uh, right. as as possible destinations, as well as Winnipeg, maybe. So look out. Oh, for that.
2: interesting.
1: That kind of leads right into the next point. Nick is you know the sellers at the deadline.
2: Yeah, Buffalo and Nashville, uh they're sort of understood to be uh basically having a garage sale, I would say, coming up. So,
1: yeah, I don't think anybody in the Sabers is safe besides Cousins right now, uh and Dolan, Dolan, whatever. It they is. won't
2: trade him. No, right.
1: but as <laughs> we said it last week, but these Eichel rumors are starting to get out of control. And now that he's scratched, they're getting even more out of control, and I keep hearing the Rangers, I keep hearing it.
0: Please Please and he know. has anything he has, but
1: that. He has history with Coach Quinn. I think that was his
0: coach at BU. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. That's not what I want to hear. No. So
1: it, it fits perfectly. I mean, it, it all the cards – that's not the same. I was going to say all the cards
2: kind of – stars kind of align. There you go. <laughs> Saved myself. I just – when I think about him going to the Rangers, like what it would do for that team, short-term, great, long-term, salary cap nightmare, but – they're going to have a lot of names to sign, is
1: the other thing. Like, yeah,
2: it's great that you have
1: a lot of prospects and a lot of young guns, but after those entry level contracts all hit in this, you know, at the same third
0: year, you're kind of fucked. Have yes. you guys seen some of these things that are on Instagram that it'll break down what each team would have to give up to get yeah. Eichel, even if they're not like a contender to get him at all? Like, it still does what it would cost that team. Nuts the one that made me just cringe so much because a this team does not need a guy like this and b what they were giving up i was like bro i would easily give that up uh was tampa bay it was like saying all they would have to give up is uh sorelli sergachev and like a first rounder which granted i say all you would have to give up that's a lot of value right there but i still don't know if it's enough for jack eichel to be honest if someone
2: offered that to me and like I'd be like except yeah 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 exactly
1: dude if he goes to tampa holy shit and now that you say it now it kind of like i feel like makes sense in my brain somehow they'll end up crunching cap and everyone's gonna be like how'd they do it they could probably shed palat too or johnson uh, in the making tampa doesn't
0: need eichel tampa does not need eichel neither do the rangers i don't yeah. know where i want him just out of the metro nowhere out, in the east just out west just push it
2: out west a uh, couple injuries to get to. Austin Matthews has a wrist problem and his day-to-day. Apparently, it's just sore, but this is like Leafs freak out number four of the year. So. <laughs> oh, my God. Right on schedule. Uh, Sidney Crosby is on the COVID list. He's not going to play. What is it? They have a game tonight, I believe. Yeah, they play tonight, March 2nd, against the Flyers. Okay, so, so something to keep your eye on, but yeah. like we've learned, that could be two days or that could be two weeks, so – or two months if you're right. Sammy. So yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, Derek Stepan is going to be out for the entire season with a shoulder injury that I believe he is going to need surgery on. That sucks for the Senators. He's got six points in twenty games, which if you're playing for the Senators, is pretty good, uh, just because they are that bad. But yeah, hey, don't talk too much shit. They're kind of hot right now. I know they are. A they, bit like catch, catch a little fire. Yeah, I feel bad for him, and I feel bad for them because. I felt like that was a really good move for them to get him just depth guy who can sort of be steady Eddie up the middle. And yeah, when you, when you have a team with that many young kids, it's something that you could really benefit from.
1: No, I totally agree. And um, I think I might've accidentally made you skip this earlier, but speaking of injuries, Tarasenko is expected to return this week.
2: Yes, he is.
1: Um, Coach Barube said Friday, there's a good chance that Tarasenko will make his season debut on friday on the blues upcoming road trip
2: nice it'd be good to see him play again
1: yeah he's one of those guys you you got you you don't want to see him out you don't want to see any stars out but especially yeah. with the t- type of uh you know scoring prowess that he has you, you for want sure him in the lineup
2: uh some more on the buffalo saber so Linus Allmark is going to miss some time. Uh, He missed both of the Sabres games over the weekend against the Flyers with a lower body injury. That's not good because I think he's actually played some decent games for them so far this year. So uh, things are only getting worse in Buffalo. And then Jack Eichel, like we mentioned, is considered day-to-day. And no one knows if this is day-to-day with an actual injury or with I'm going to keep you out of the lineup so I can sell your ass. You know, we all read the thing that him and his coach gave, you know, contradicting reports like that Eichel was injured in the warm up game that they had against, or a warm up in the game before they had against New Jersey. And Eichel saying, that's not true. Here's what's actually happening. So who knows? But uh, yeah. yeah, definitely something to keep your eye on because Harry, like you mentioned, those trade rumors are not going away.
1: No. And the worst that the Sabres do, you imagine that it will probably keep heating up, um, I mean, you know, you hear it about Eichel, you hear it about Eric Stahl, you hear it about Reinhardt, you know, who knows? Buffalo is a garage sale, as you mentioned earlier. So, But that will pretty much wrap it up for injuries and news around the league. Uh, We are going to get to the Chris Nell interview right now. But before we do, we want you to know that this interview is brought to you by Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh, Brackish Life. Brackish Life has also teamed up with Rink to Reef Chesapeake Bay to preserve the area many of us call home. Rank to reef repurposes broken hockey sticks into oyster restoration habitats. Brackish Life donates a portion of their proceeds to Rank to reef to further preserve this beautiful Chesapeake Bay area. Support this great cause by checking out www.brackish.life today. We're going to toss it off to Chris Nell right now. All
2: right, everyone. It is now my pleasure to welcome onto the Empty Betters podcast, Mr. Chris Nell. Chris, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, join us today. And how's it going? Good, good. Of course. Uh, pleasure to be on. Yeah. Well, we're happy to have you. Um, like we do with all of our guests, uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about where you grew up, you know, where you came from and how you got started in the game of hockey.
3: Yeah. So I'm, uh, originally from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Uh, if we're t- talking specifics, uh, a little town called the pier. And, uh, actually I'm the first person in my family and extended family that I know of anyways, that, uh, has played hockey. Uh, I kind of started that route. Um, And it was like, I think either preschool or first grade and uh, a bunch of my friends had come into class one day and we're talking about a learn escape program and I uh, went to my my mom and dad and said, uh, hey, uh, I think I want to do hockey and they kind of both looked at me like, are you sure you want to do hockey like we we can do basketball and I was like, I was very dead set on hockey and uh, that's kind of how it started. So it's, it's
2: funny you say that, that you're the first person in your family. Cause I feel like a lot of the guys that we know that you're a goalie and that ended up playing goal. They were either like the younger brother or like the youngest in the family. And you just, you know, found yourself in net. So how did you end up wanting to play goal as opposed to being, you know, a forward or a, a defenseman or something?
3: Yeah. So, uh, I was actually a, a terrible skater, uh, growing up. And I think that's kind of what started it all is. uh, I was, I think I might, might see. So like the lowest uh, team you can, you can play on kind of in that first year. And we had a tournament and um, I kind of had to rotate. It was my turn to be goalie and I played well. And then a turn, the tournament came around and they asked if I wanted to play the whole tournament. I ended up playing that whole tournament. And then we kind of still stuck, stuck with the rotation the rest of that year. And then when like the state tournament came around, I I played goalie um, for the whole tournament. We ended up, I think winning that one. So then the next year I was just like, I'm going to, I want to do that full time. And I made the jump up to the, the A team from there. And I kind of just never looked back.
2: Very cool. So what was the, um, what was the hockey scene like for you, you know, growing up in that area?
3: Um, I think it was good. I think, I think it was kind of just starting to get back to a place where we started seeing more and more talent and more and more guys kind of growing like through that green Bay area, or even in the Wisconsin, uh, the state of Wisconsin in general. And, I think there there's a lot of excitement behind programs and and there's starting to be more, more and more competition um, throughout our area.
1: Yeah, no, that's awesome. Kind of want to fast forward a little bit, you know, so you're on team Wisconsin and then I'm assuming when college decisions come up, uh, you know, obviously you went to Bowling Green. Is that, before I ask anything else, is that how you know DeSalvo? Were you guys teammates?
3: Yeah. Yeah. So I actually, um, I actually know I knew DeSalvo's brother before I knew Dan uh Nick okay So I I knew Nick through the Chicago Steel actually where I played juniors he was our uh I want to say video coach um my first year there but that's how I was involved with Dan yeah
1: (laughs) is there anything you can tell us about Dan as a teammate I'm just curious He, he was a fun interview he was a fun interview guest for us
3: yeah no he's he's a great teammate and uh yeah, he's, he's an unbelievable dude and he'll do anything for any of the guys on the, on his team that's for sure nice what um, was he like in, not,
2: yeah what was he like in college he was uh, he was a menace that's for sure, <laughs> <laughs> Love to have a good sure. Time. there we go but, uh,
3: but he uh, no he he definitely was a guy that uh, led by example you know both on and off the ice and he uh, i would say he definitely took me and definitely a couple of the other guys under his wing. Um, throughout my my time there with
0: him. Awesome. I want to talk a little bit uh, about Wisconsin with you. I actually went to school in uh, Milwaukee. I uh, went to Marquette for uh, four years so kind of familiar, not super familiar with like Green Bay area and all that but um, just curious sort of I mean you mentioned that hockey you know was big when you're growing up but it was interesting to me uh, how most people that our big hockey fans in Wisconsin tend to kind of gravitate towards like the Blackhawks or something like that, just cause there's no uh, pro team. Um, were you the same way or did you really follow the NHL growing up or not so much?
3: Yeah. So I, I think I, I was more so um, by, by which goalie I was kind of watching at the time. And I, I was a big Avalanche fan growing up uh, because of Patrick Waugh. And I think that's the team I kind of grav- gravitated to the most until, um, I kind of moved over to Marc-Andre Fleury. I loved watching just the way, like, his, his attitude towards the game and how much fun he was having and just how he competed. So I think uh, I would say Chicago and Minnesota, if, like, outside of if I was watching goalies, just because I had family both in uh, the Twin City area and um, just, uh, like, a west or northwest suburb of Chicago. So if I wasn't going off of goalies, I kind of was split between Minnesota and Chicago. But, yeah, it's definitely uh, – I would say definitely heavy Chicago base when it comes to hockey and in the Wisconsin area. What was your uh, recruiting
2: process like for college? I mean, were you looking at a lot of schools? Were a lot of schools looking at you? And uh, when did you know that Bowling Green was uh, you know, going to be your home for the next three or four years?
3: Yeah, so it was uh, – during my first year playing with the Steel, I kind of had a rough start, and then it was just a little bit of up and down. And I want to say – Right, a little right around Christmas, I would say probably is when I kind of started to find my game and, um, is when I started kind of contact, got in contact with BG and, um, they were, they were wonderful throughout the whole process. I, I uh, they gave me a bunch of time. They made, they wanted to make sure that, uh, I wanted to go there and they wanted me there. And, um, but outside of them, I think I had a couple other schools, I think, uh, UMass little center, uh, the, the questionnaire that probably everybody in the in the U.S. gets. But I had some talk with Colgate. Um, I was going to go on an unofficial to Denver. But outside of that, I think uh, I didn't have much going on. And I just fell in love with uh, BG's campus and everything that uh, their program was trying to do. And I think uh, that's what, what made me kind of start leaning towards them.
1: Yeah, I mean, you're – Three seasons and the last two in particular, the numbers you put up were absolutely insane. Uh, you know, is it, it, it what would you attribute that to? I mean, I'm looking at your uh second year there, and you had a 191 GAA with a 930 save percentage. I mean, that's just in th- those are unbelievable numbers to actually say out loud, especially yeah. given the fact that you played a significant amount of games.
3: Yeah, I think it was just, um, I think it was just a the the guys I had there as goalie partners, I think we just we never stopped pushing each other in the most in the most competitive way, but also we had we had such good friendships. And I think no matter who was going in the net, um, and um, unfortunately for them, it was me most of the nights. But they never they never held that against me. They always came to practice and wanted to make me a better goalie, and that made me want to make them a better goalie. And I think just the relationships I've ha- I had with the goalie coach Jimmy Spratt and my and my goalie partners there um, really kind of pushed all of us to be our best every day of practice and I think that kind of was the biggest attribute I think to me is not having to worry about kind of looking over my shoulder knowing that the guys behind me wanted me to do the best that I could do and if they got the chance I wanted them to do the best that they could do and it, it was just a very good relationship throughout my time through BG.
2: What was the transition like after your college career going to uh, Hartford?
3: I think I struggled a lot. I think I struggled a lot, a lot with – well, actually, I think it was the, the biggest change was just my mental game. I think I thought kind of what I struggled with in juniors was just trying to do too much all at once and trying to make sure that I was kind of – I was just trying to overplay the game and not let the game come to me and I think that's when I'm playing my best hockey is just letting myself get into positions and be in the right spots and not have to make big time saves and I think I just got in my own head and I think you know you you hear about the pro lifestyle and all you hear about is the glamour and the and the the private jets and the and the money and the parties and I think it was kind of just the culture shock of you know you you made it but you still have a long way to go. And I think that was my biggest transition uh, from when I went to college to pro was just kind of learning that, uh, that side of things.
1: Just want to touch on the college career, just a tad bit more. So at Bowling Green, I mean, were there any teammates in particular? I mean, obviously your boys with uh, DeSalvo, he was lucky enough to let us know who you are, but were there anybody else, you know, that you played with or against that kind of stood out like, wow, like he's, this is, I'm playing against or with this guy, like, I can't believe that he's this good. Is there any names that stick out?
3: Yeah, I think uh, an underrated player on our team uh, going through college who who's kind of made a name for himself now is uh, Sean Walker. And I think, uh, I think going through college, not a lot of the guys really thought he was that good. But uh, he was definitely fun to play behind. Um, You know, he was just always very, very steady and was a great skater, just good good sense of the, of the ice. And it was fun to watch him, uh, the couple of years I had played with him, kind of develop his game and then move on and find success and kind of a nice role with L.A. Um, playing against, uh, kind of drawing a blank, but uh, Rousevich was always tough to play against in uh, Miami. <laughs> uh, so that, that, uh, I think it was like him, Lewis, uh couple other guys but uh, that team was always not was always fun well not 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 fun to play against it's fun to compete against guys <laughs> at that level but those guys always gave us some trouble
1: <laughs> Yeah, it's a hot name right now he's playing lights out
3: yeah
1: uh nick i believe you had a a question or
2: yeah uh, i was just wondering you know you talked about you know sort of overplaying the game uh when you transitioned into hartford and Um, I feel like, you know, I, you know, none of us were goaltenders, but we've had goalies come on here that have, you know, sort of dove into how mental that position is. What was, you know, sort of the trick for you to be able to sort of get out of that, like mental headspace of like, you know, I'm just, I'm overplaying this. I'm overdoing this. Like, how do you sort of reset yourself?
3: I think it just comes with kind of finding the fun in, in the everyday grind and just kind of going to the rink and not not letting yourself get into those um, like the the mindset of like oh i got to do this or i got to do that and it's kind of more so just like letting yourself fall back into what got you there and because like what got you there is obviously going to work as long as you trust yourself in that process that you know you've done the work that you've known you've done everything you can in the summer to get you to a point where you can just go out and have fun and play the game and i think the biggest thing for me was just, I kind of just got tense. So like I was, I felt like I had to stop every puck and you have to do this and have to do that. And you don't let yourself just kind of react. So like the biggest part I think for goalies anyways, is you have to stay loose and have fun with it. Otherwise you're going to be so tense that you're going to be kind of stuck. And then you're not going to be able to move as well as you normally would.
1: It, it's interesting that you say that. Cause one of our former guests, uh, Brian Cantor, for those who listened, he plays overseas in Sweden uh, now, and he talked about how they actually brought on um, a sports psychologist to help for the the mental aspect of the game. And he was talking about how much of a difference that's made for him, and he swears by it. He says he's going to keep doing it going forward. They got a guy that they hired, so it's interesting. Um, you know, obviously we know that goaltending is a lot of mental, but yeah, I I I mean, I think a lot of people have this problem, myself included. It's hard to. Turn that switch off sometimes. And
3: yeah, exactly.
1: um, You know, I was curious if, if you've had any experience with sports psychology or know any guys who have.
3: Yeah. So we we actually had a guy um down in Hartford that I think the Rangers had had, had on contract. And um he had he had done a wonderful job of like it's just more so I think the biggest thing with the sports psychology side thing is just getting to be able to talk to someone that has studied the brain and just kinda knows little tricks and stuff and obviously it's different for every person, but I think the biggest thing I learned is how to kind of, they teach you just, I'm not, obviously not a great on sports psychology, but they just kind of teach you how to stay out of your own head in a, in a very um, easy way. And like, it's just like little tricks. Like if it's like a saying, like, like the one we had actually now here in Tucson, we just had a meeting with one and I really liked what she had said. And it's like fail forward. So everyone's going to fail in life. And I think the biggest thing she was kind of saying is like, if you fail, like you might as well fail forward and get back on your feet and just keep, keep on going. I think that's the biggest Absolutely. thing a lot of psychologists are kind of talking about. And, and more, in a sense of just kind of staying out of your own head and everyone has these thoughts, but you got to kind of make sure you can navigate those in the best way possible to keep yourself in a right mindset. Chris, you talked about
0: kind of getting back to a point where you feel like you're having fun playing the game. Um, a lot of times when we talk to uh, guys that are forwards, you know, it's easy to talk about big goals they've scored or um, you know, big shootouts or whatever it is. Uh, I'm always curious when we talk to goalies, um, what are some of the most fun parts of the game for you, and are some of the most fun big memories you have from from games? Is it you know a shutout? Is it a big save? What what really makes you or reminds you Um, about
3: how much fun the game is while you're playing? I would say, I mean, I think just winning for goalies anyways. I think it's just like – you, because, I mean, you're either the hero or the villain, and there's no real in-between when it comes for goalies. But I think winning. I think just, like, being able to, like, enjoy the compete and enjoy, like, that process and to be able to just – to win. I think that's, for me, the funnest part, and obviously – Sometimes that can be a bad mindset if you get caught in a losing streak. But outside of that, I think it's just more so the competing, like just being out there and like having fun and not being afraid to fail. For me, anyways, I think it's like just having fun on the ice and just shooting the shit on the ice and stuff like that.
0: Is there any big wins that stand out to you as, you know, especially uh, memorable or are they all kind of, you know, win is a win? How do you look at it?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think the a fun win I had was back in high school. We won in uh, double overtime my junior year at the state championship to win it all. That was that was that was a blast. Um, I would say any any rivalry game at BG, like when we beat Ohio State, if we beat Miami, any of those like um, you know kind of in state rivalries, th- those were always fun to get up for. Um, but other than that, just kind of anything in the playoffs. I think, you know, obviously that's just a different breed is if you can win in the playoffs, you're having a lot of fun. Absolutely. Uh, Seems like, you know, you've
1: kind of played for a bunch of teams uh, post-college career. I'm curious to see if there's one destination that particularly stuck out to you. And I must say that the Greenville Swamp Rabbits is the coolest sports name I've ever heard. And I would love to hear if there's any, like, kind of crazy promo night that they did at the rink for you guys.
0: Cause that sounds awesome. I got to see what those jerseys look like too. Yeah,
3: oh, They're unreal. Uh, the, the best part about them was uh, there used to be the Greenville uh, road warriors too. So like, I don't think they've had a bad name in their, uh, in their That's past, awesome. but um, you know, Greenville is a great city, um, but I, I can't, I can't think of a better place than when I was in Florida for a little bit uh, in, in a sterile. I mean, the setup was just unbelievable. We was pretty much living out of uh, like a, a vacation. Uh, our, our apartment complex was just unbelievable. And you come out of the rink every day, 75 and sunny. You can't really beat that.
1: <laughs> was that with the ever the Everblades or Gla- I'm sorry, I can't read. Everblades.
3: Uh, yeah, Everblades.
1: So what part of Florida is that in?
3: Um, so it's right by Fort Myers. So it's just, okay. uh, I want to say it's just inland from Fort Myers.
1: So you've obviously played in that kind of uh, setting. From a player standpoint, like, and I've always wondered this, would you rather play in a place where it's, like, kind of a big market, and you know, like, you got media, you got fans that kind of care, or would you rather have that flip-flops to the rink kind of vibe down in Florida?
3: So actually what was cool is, like, they got a good, like, snowbird uh, population down there. So, like, there was, a, there was a good amount of people that came to – came to games every, every night. Um, media wise, probably not as much as some other markets, but, uh, they put, they, they found ways way to to put fans in the stands and uh, I was always kind of fun that way. But, uh, to go back to your question, I think, I think it's fun playing where there's a lot of media coverage, but it's kind of a double-edged sword too, right? Like the media, the media can be a lot of fun, but the media can also be <laughs> your worst enemy at times if you're not playing well. So, um, Obviously, it's fun to get uh, kind of relationships on that side of things, too. But I think anywhere where you can get a passionate fan group is always is always more fun because that way you're going to the rink knowing that these people are coming to watch you play hockey and and it kind of gets you to try to be your best every day to, to kind of win for a city and kind of get behind almost kind of that college vibe of like we want to win for each other, but like we have a full city behind us and it'd be fun to kind of bring a championship back to a city that cares.
2: Out of uh, you know, all these teams uh, that you've played for, do you have any, you know, sort of? I know DeSalvo told us a, like a couple stories about like some thirty-seven hour bus ride where like the bus like broke down and like they were stuck in like you know, I think it was like a half a foot of snow or something like that. Is there anything like that that jumps to mind?
3: I, was that was that one from him uh, from college? Maybe I can't, yeah, I can't, I can't remember. remember.
1: I can't remember, but, but
3: I, I remember that trip. <laughs> we, uh, we were back from Michigan. <laughs> and, uh, I was a freshman that year and luckily I had I somehow lucked out on my turn that I had a, a bunk in the sleeper bed that time. Cause, uh, we didn't always have enough. So some of the guys would have to bring some mats and sleep on the floor. And, uh, we got caught up in like the Chicago area and we were on the bus for a total of 22 hours. Uh, I think the worst one I've, I've had was, uh, it was in Greenville. We had, um, we were playing Tulsa for the weekend and I think we we're playing I want to say a Wednesday Thursday game in Tulsa and then we we're coming back home to Greenville to play Friday Saturday so we had that day off on Thursday but for some reason uh we thought it was a good idea to make our flight Wednesday morning so uh, we, had to, we had to get to the airport I think we had to wake up at like four to get there by 4 30 for like a 5 30 flight so we fly to Greenville. Greenville, and I, I don't remember exactly where we connected, but we ended up connecting somewhere and then finally touching down in Tulsa. So by the time we got to the hotel for Wednesday, we had to, we pretty much went for uh, for pregame meal and then uh, went back to the hotel, took a nap, and went, went and played. <laughs> How do you like keep yourself, like, I guess,
2: loose for something like that? I feel like my legs would be like just like a yeah. wet t shirt in
3: knots. <laughs> yeah, exactly and that's kind of what what ended up happening with everybody was uh we came out very flat and I think we ended up losing the game 8-1 but uh I think at that point for me I didn't actually I was actually starting that game uh for me the biggest thing was just trying to, to have fun with it but obviously when you're <laughs> acting and having your breakfast for the game that day in an airport it's it's tough but
1: yeah I think now that I'm remembering I think we we prefaced the statement with uh Dan, you're saying, what's, what's some moments where you're like, holy shit, I'm in the coast. And it was that 20, like seven hour bus ride or something. They broke down like a foot of snow.
3: Well, it's funny too. I think, I don't think I was in Greenville at the time. I think I had just gotten called up my second year, like late, like it was later in the year. Uh, But one of our buses just caught on fire. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Luckily no one was on it or anything, but that's not good. (laughs) I want to say it was either that the day that they're supposed to leave or the day before the bus just caught on fire and was ruined. I think one time, one time I had a, we had a, woke up on, on a sleeper and kind of smelled a little funny. I'm like, what the heck's going on? The guy, uh, the, the bus driver had just been smoking a dart. So the whole <laughs> bus just kind of reeked of cigarettes. I'm like, this kid. Oh my God. So there's, I mean, there's some funny stories, and I think that's the the worst thing about the coast is there's a lot of good players, and I think it's only getting better. It's just the rep that it gets sometimes, and some is just not always the best. One of
0: my biggest fascinations with the ECHL is like uh, the way that the living situation works, and I think we talked a little bit with Dan about this, but um, they basically kind of house you guys, right? In 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 like team housing, is that right?
3: Yeah, exactly. So usually. Depending on whatever apartment setup um, they have, it'll either usually be like a two or three bedroom. And then uh, anybody with, I think, it I'm pretty sure it has to be a wife or like a longtime girlfriend um, will usually be able to get their own apartment. But yeah, so they pay for the housing and then we kind of just go from there.
0: Right. Yeah. My dad, um, he's covered hockey for a little while. And he was uh, he told me one of the big stereotypes is that ECHL doesn't like married guys because they have to pay for extra rooms for those guys or whatever. But um, it's always fun kind of talking to guys that have spent a lot of time in the ECHL because they always talk about how um, or rather guys that have played in the ECHL and the AHL will often compare them and say that uh, those ECHL teams feel a lot tighter, a lot closer because when you're leaving the rank you're all going back to that same like hotel type atmosphere whereas AHL maybe you don't spend as much time with the teammates outside the rank. is
3: that have you found that to be the case too yeah exactly I mean when you think yeah exactly because where they put all the guys in the coast is always going to be in the same apartment complex so like you said when you go back you just have way more opportunity to kind of just walk a door over or to the other side of the complex and you're right there with the rest of the guys. Whereas obviously in the AHL you have to find your own and not everyone's going to want to pay the same amount or go in the same spot. So I think that is definitely something I've, I've seen um, just because of the proximity of where guys live.
1: Do you have any like, weird superstitions before games? I know that's like a general player question, but one of the ones that stands out to me is, and these two are the Caps fans, so they'll probably start blushing when I say this, but like when Hopi does his like freaky eye movement stuff, like do you have any weird quirks like that?
3: Yeah, so like I, I haven't really ever found that I do. I think it's just kind of, um, if any, we, like of my weirder s- scenarios like that is just maybe – juggling or doing stuff with like hand-eye coordination. But outside of that, I'm pretty ho-hum when it comes to that. It's just kind of get to the rink. Uh, I try to try to stay loose for as long as I can, and I try not to really kind of dial in um, to the game until right before warm-ups, just because I find that sometimes if I if I get too kind of focused on, on the game right away, then by the time the game comes, I'm already mentally drained. But, I mean, I guess yeah. probably the biggest – superstition i have is just, i start with like my left foot if i'm doing anything with like my socks or right. my uh skates my pads everything kind of goes left to right and that's i think just habit <laughs>
1: yeah i was gonna say that's that's not even that bad i mean no. have you have you seen any goalies that you've played with where you're like the fuck is he doing like i don't understand
3: yeah I, I think uh one of my partners one year um had like a racquetball and everybody not like the racket balls, but he had a racket, like like the actual racket, so he could use that. So I was like, "What's the point? What's the point of that?" Like I didn't I didn't understand that as much. Um, I had one guy uh, turn the um, AC off on me one one uh, pregame nap, and I woke up sweating in my sheets. I was like, "What is going on?" I'm like, "I I don't. I don't know why I'm sweating so much today." And as I go walk to the bathroom. <laughs> The AC shut, shut off in the room, so I was, so that was definitely one that uh, I've never seen before. A little pregame sauna action, never kill yeah, anybody, yeah. right? Yeah. So what's life looking like now for you? I'm actually in uh, Tucson on IAPTO. Awesome. We're, uh, we're out in Colorado right now and just trying to figure out this COVID year. <laughs> Nick, you go. Yeah, I was
2: going to say that's been nuts for everyone, but how has that sort of impacted you in your situation?
3: Yeah, so I think I think the the biggest thing is everyone's carrying more guys now. Um, so like I think I think you have to have three goalies rostered, and you have to have I want to say three or four extra players. Um, so I guess it's if anything, it's kind of giving me a chance to kind of get back and in, into the AHL and um, definitely just kind of see where it goes. It's awesome. We're we're definitely rooting for you. Yeah, yeah. I've been
2: to Tucson personally. I mean, that area is. I mean, that surrounds it is gorgeous.
3: Yeah. And it's the way I look at it too. It's definitely a, a good place to be uh, with this COVID stuff. Cause like if, you know, For you sure. can do anything. So it's nice to just be able to walk around and it not be freezing <laughs> yeah. outside. You know, you can go outside and sunny and warm. Gotta escape those Midwest winters, right? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't had a good Midwest winter in like three years now. Uh, there you go. That's a good all, thing. All the, all the teams I've been on during the winter have been down in the in the South. I think the closest I've come is uh, a for a bit. Nice.
1: Do you golf? Gotta ask because DeSalvo was talking about that a lot.
3: Oh, I love golf, and uh, oh, let's go. He, I'm glad he didn't uh, didn't throw <laughs> in the bus. I've been a, a brutal golf partner for him. <laughs> <His> last- <laughs> we've uh
1: it's all good yeah what are you what are you shooting
3: uh right now not good i think like high 90s but i i I just love to get better than me (laughs) it's just a lot better than me yeah (laughs) Yeah, i was gonna say
1: don't feel too bad about that some of us would kill to crack 100 so yeah yeah
3: well i think i think the average is like above like the average golfer shoots above 100
1: i think i think the average is like 108 which yeah. c- comes out to, and I'm going to get grilled if the math is wrong, like six strokes per or something like that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, if, as long as you're beating that, you can't be too hard on yourself. Yeah, exactly.
3: Well, um, golf always has that one hole that brings you back. So, <laughs>
1: Yeah, ain't that the well said. truth. truth.
2: <laughs> um, Nick? You looked like you are going to say something. Yeah. So I know we sort of touched on all these um, – you know these AHL ECHL teams that you've uh, played with similar to what Harrison asked you about like when you were in college who's a player that like you played with or against that you were like oh my god this guy's unbelievable and for whatever reason just hasn't gotten that you know break that they may need
3: yeah i um, trying to think can it, I can't really think off the top of my head right now um
1: yeah, I don't know. Kind of put you on the spot. Our bad.
0: <laughs> well, actually, that that kind of leads me to another question. I think we asked. Um, it might have been Fukali when we had him on, but um, maybe maybe this is why. I know some goalies are are real big on you know who's shooting, and they kind of know who's coming down on them in a game. But a lot of guys, um, from what they've told us, like to you know it's just every shooter is just another shooter. Uh, What side do you kind of lean to? I mean, do you really know what guy
3: is out there? Yeah, I think I definitely lean towards the just kind of get in front of the puck and see it. Um, Yeah, that's definitely I think that's definitely true for me is I kind of just I don't always recognize the player as the as it's going on. I think once I look at the, maybe the roster after is kind of when I start to realize video
0: tape and stuff like that, sure. Yeah. But yeah, in game, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, I can't imagine how hard it would be. You have not much time as it is to react to you know pucks being shot at you, let alone yeah. time to figure out who it is that's shooting. So
3: when I think, I think going off that a little bit is, I think the biggest thing for kind of knowing the players is more so uh, teams' power plays is kind of when I think I I kind of do the most pre scout on. Is just kind of seeing what setup they're going to be running that night and kind of knowing who the shooters on the power plays are.
2: This is going to like, this is a dumb question because I already know the answer, but like, I've been hit in the face with a puck. I've been hit in the face with a stick. <laughs> what does it feel like to get like a puck off the mask? Cause I feel like that's got a sting or like, are your ears ringing or like, you do you go like cross eyed? Like, what's that like?
3: So it all depends where you get hit. So if you get interesting, hit anywhere from like here to the chin, it's just gonna be one of those that just kind of like just knocks you right in the face. Like you're not really going anywhere because where it's hitting you on the mask, that there's not much area for that like dispersion through the mask. So you're just getting smoked in the chin. That's probably, that hurts the most. And then where your ears ring the most are probably like off kind of like the side. Um, I'm not really sure why, but then if you also get a flat one like off the side of your head, Uh, it's like another thing like if that puck's on edge and it kind of hits you it's almost just like a slap in the face so uh, but i would say the 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 ones that hurt the most would definitely be like the chin because then you get your jaw involved and uh, and all that fun stuff
0: speaking of you know helmets and and all that uh i'm always curious to talk about goalies helmets and uh have you ever uh got a chance to really have a cool one designed or is there anything spe- uh, specific you would like to put on a helmet that's special to you?
3: I think, um, ever since I turned pro, um, I've, I've always tried to incorporate like a cheese head onto my back plate.
1: <laughs> that's there honestly awesome.
3: That's, inc- yeah. that's incredible. Yeah. I love that. I think I, I'm, uh, every helmet I've had since I played pro hockey has had like a little cheese head on the back in the back plate. Um, but other than that, I really just kind of go after the back plate and I just kind of talk with um, – I have a great guy, Vice Design. He's moved around quite a bit. But um, I just kind of let – I let the guys that are that are more creative kind of put a vision together for the rest of the mask. And then if I like it, I'll say, yeah, let's do it. Or I'll just kind of say, hey, maybe we can do this, maybe we can do that, and just kind of let them do what what they're good at. And I just kind of throw some ideas uh, on the back plate.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. I feel like goalie masks are like a uh, like a tattoo for your head almost. It's pretty cool. I th- I love yeah. all the stories
3: behind that. Yeah, exactly. And I love I love how like personal you can be with with it. Right, like you can kind of tell a little story um, as much as you can with um, your helmet. Are there Speaking- any
2: cool? Oh, I'm sorry. Speaking of your mask, I you know when we were digging through. Um, your elite prospects page and stuff. I noticed a picture of you in your bowling green match which looked sick by the way, but you also, it looked like you were playing in an outdoor game. Did you guys get a chance to do like more than one of those? Or was that just like a one-off thing?
3: So unfortunately we only got to do one while I was there and it and don't get me wrong. It was a blast, but the practice day was so much better than the game day. Okay. Uh, <laughs> we, we got out and it was, it was like, I think 30, 31 degrees. So like just under freezing, um, a good mix of clouds and sun like the perfect time to play an outdoor game and then uh that next day we get to the rink to bus to toledo because we were uh, we were playing it at um the mud hens i believe so like the minor minor league affiliate there for the baseball we we're playing out on there and we get to the rink and it is downpouring and when i mean down i mean like legit downpouring Ugh. and we're all sitting there like well oh, we're not gonna play they're like oh no we're gonna bus we're gonna bus there so we bust there, and uh, it, it luckily gives gives up a little bit. But from puck drop to the final whistle, it um, it was drizzling the whole game. <laughs> jeez. That's <laughs> make, nuts. And To make it worse, we ended in a 2-2 tie. <laughs> oh, God.
1: <laughs> yeah, jeez, so that's the worst like, detail. Nobody really yeah. gets to, like, have yeah, bragging rights. Might as well
3: have not played. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it, it was the perfect game, but it just ended up, Being just kind of like a slap in the face, like it rained the whole game and no one won. (laughs)
1: That's rough. Um, my last question for you, and I was I was just about to ask this is are there any um goalie helmet designs that you've seen uh in your time playing where you're like, wow, that's that's one of the coolest ones
3: I've seen? I've I've really enjoyed um all of the Vegas Golden Knight ones so far. Yeah but um trying to think
1: these two are going to end up crying. The, the Caps fans don't like Knights fans apparently, so yeah. they're
3: probably going to get all butthurt, but that's okay. I like it too. I don't think I can like pinpoint one. I just like, like we were kind of talking about, I'd love to see what guys come up with where they can like incorporate. I know, I think it was Gibson has uh like the Lego figures on his and like guys kind of go yeah. in stuff that they've had kind of throughout their whole lives and like kind of, almost use it as like a story every home every new helmet they get they can kind of build off the last one i think that's kind of what i look for the most is just kind of being biased as a goalie just i love i love all of them almost if that makes sense just to see the stories behind it
2: i love a bunch of the ones from the 90s like you know patrick Laleem in ottawa had like marvin the martian that one i'll always remember (laughs) um and then like you know hometown bias Ole Kolzig having godzilla on there Uh, that one was so cool too
3: well, it's fun too when you when you see guys kind of incorporate like a, something in pop culture into a helmet yeah. that fits in perfectly with the, with the team and like they can kind of fit in that way. I think that's always kind of cool to see.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, old time Penguins goalie Johan Hedberg. He was the moose. He had the moose on the back. I think Tristan Jari has the Tom and Jerry logo a little yeah. bit on there. So that's that's. I know pretty- uh,
3: Brian Elliott does the moose too. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome.
2: Yeah. Uh. Nick, Mac, you guys got any more questions? You guys all good? I think I'm all good. You know, thank you so much for doing this. We really appreciate it. So of
3: course, no, it was a blast. Mac, yeah, same dude.
0: here. I think I'm good, but just to echo Nick, thanks a lot, Chris, for doing this. It's always fun talking to guys that have had you know different backgrounds and uh, definitely cool to talk to a guy from
3: Wisco as well. So yeah. <laughs> Go back. <laughs> yeah.
2: Big thanks to Chris for ta- uh, chatting with us. S- such a cool guy. I mean, just, and you know, the stories and insights he had into where he's gotten to where he is today is, is really cool. So huge thanks again to him. And we're going to get into our picks for this week. But before we do, we just want to remind everyone that these picks are brought to you by the Maryland Mortgage Wiz. Are you planning on buying your first home this year? Get pre-approved and explore all financing options with Dave Fritz, The Mortgage Wiz. Interest rates are at a historic low and down payment assistance programs are available. Stop running and put your money in a place that you can call home. Follow Dave on Instagram at Maryland underscore mortgage underscore whiz for more information. Dave is licensed in Maryland, Delaware, and Florida equal housing lender. NMLS number three, zero nine, four.
1: Thanks Dave. Per usual, uh, boys last week we weren't good. It was just kind of a shit show. Um, it's we'll just a weird point. week. It's just a weird week. And like, I'm sorry, but like, it, it's so hard to pick this shit when there's back to backs and you don't know who's going to win the first one. And then you have COVID and you have people coming off schedules. Like, how do you bet Dallas Stars games? They've played, I think, like 16 games all year, and everybody else has played at least like 19.
0: Right, and the stars have looked sick for eight of those games and horrible for for, the other eight. So it's it's the whole thing is a crapshoot. I have been especially bad. I think I'm on like a a real, at least with my published picks, maybe I need to start publishing more of my my gut picks because I'll get guts during like the week and I'll bet them and they'll hit. But the ones I publish every week have been bad for like two straight weeks. So let's turn it around. Let's get it going this week.
2: We had a bunch of games like Harry and I had a game that we both picked get postponed, which sucks. Mm -hmm. You know, of course that happens at the last minute. So, right. Oh, well. Um, So yeah, last week sucked. Let's focus on this week.
0: Uh, Mac, what do you got? All right. I'll start it off. So puck line canes over the wings. I feel like that's definitely a mismatch. Um, March 4th. I believe that is this coming Thursday. Uh, I think the canes will win that one by two at least. Um, moving on money line. I like the Avs over the sharks, uh, tomorrow, Wednesday. And here's why last night, I believe the sharks won six to two or something like that. Um, it was a blowout. I don't think that the Avs will fall again. Uh, I don't know if they'll be able to get a puck line or anything like that, but I think, it, I think they'll maybe at least squeeze one out in OT or, or, or tighten things up and win that one. Um, and then for over under, this was a hard week for me to pick an over under. I really, especially after what happened to me last week, God, uh, I picked an under, uh, in that Bruins Islanders game and it was like seven to two Islanders, <laughs> like a five goal third period out of nowhere. So it's all right. Um, no more unders. I'm thinking <laughs> Hawks, Bolts, uh, believe that one is Thursday, uh, March 4th, taking the over. Um, I think these two teams have only played once or twice, and it was back in January or February. Uh, But I think these two teams are poised to score goals. I also don't like the Hawks goaltending on like every – I'd say maybe they have a good night of goaltending one every out of four games or something like that. But um, Hawks, Bolts, that one's going to go over. You heard it here first. I'm sold. I agree with you,
2: and I picked the same thing.
1: Honestly, that no, like, especially the abs one. I like I like the research done into that one. Those bounce back games are key. So big fan on that. I'll be hopping on that action with you. Uh, Nick, you want me or you?
2: I'll go. So like I said, I'm taking the same over as Mac lightning Hawks on Thursday, my money line. I'm going to do something I normally don't ever do. And that's bet on my own team. I'm going to take the caps money line in Boston on Friday. The caps typically match up with the Bruins pretty well. And the numbers are there to back that up. So uh, yeah, I don't know why I just have a weird gut feeling about this one. This isn't the first game between these two, but it's the second one they're going to play this week. So
0: Can I ask you why the second one and not the first one?
2: I feel like they're going to drop the first one for some reason. So drop the first one, figure it out, bring it back, firing on all cylinders for the second one. And my puck line is going to be the Leafs at the Canucks on Thursday. Leafs on the road. They look pretty good even without Matthews. And I think being on the road and not having Matthews in the lineup potentially could increase your value. So I'm going to go with the Leafs there.
1: Yeah, and the Canucks are a dumpster fire, so that doesn't matter. Yeah, that too. Um, well, speaking of that game, I'm going to take the over, uh, for, <clears throat> for Leafs Canucks on Thursday, March 4th. I do think that the Leafs will win. I think the Leafs will put up a touchdown. Um, I maybe not make the extra point, but I'm feeling six. I really am. I think that's going to be a high scoring one, um, for my money line for the week. I'm going to take the Islanders money line over the Sabres on Thursday. I just think with all the shit swirling around in Buffalo right now, even if I gets back into the lineup, it's just a lot going on. Locker rooms, distracted. Isles are steady. Eddie, you know exactly what you're going to get. I think the game, I think their game matches up well against the Sabres. So I'm going to ride with the Islanders on Thursday. And then my puck line, I usually don't do this in rivalry games, but These two teams could not be on more of an opposite direction right now. I'm going to take the Oilers puck line, which has haunted me multiple times in the past, especially on this show. But I am going to take the Oilers puck line on Saturday, March 6th, against the Calgary Flames. The Flames are, pun intended, a dumpster fire. And the Oilers are scorched earth effect right now, even after their series with Toronto, in my opinion. I think McJesus shows up. I think he puts up one of those five point no look goal Instagram highlight real nights. So I'm going to ride with the Oilers puck line on Saturday night against the flames.
2: Nice. I like that a lot. And you nailed it when you said that those teams could not be going in more opposite directions. Cause that is so true. Oilers are hot. And they are you know hot. what?
1: I'm kind of happy for him. Like I don't like all the McDavid hi- <clears throat> hype because you know, I'm a Crosby guy. So whatever, but he's clearly better and I'm not disputing that, but I'm just kind of sick of it. It's like the Mahomes effect. It's like, uh, you know, I'm kind of like not trying to suck him off this morning. So maybe don't <laughs> put his, you know, wiener in my face. Well, he <laughs> shut
0: out two games in a row. So, I mean, he hasn't done much to lead the team in those two. I know. I I like st- he's been good, but inconsistent, you know? like
1: Yeah, he just erupts. Like, there's just those nights where he just erupts like – yeah it's like oh my god like his, he is his so point
0: horrible. total is still insane because when he scores he'll have like five points in one night but then yeah. he'll go pointless for like the next two and then that basically evens out you know it's like oh he's a normal guy getting two or three points a night or i mean that's it's just like
2: normal. the oilers themselves they'll, they'll yeah. explode yeah. for seven one night and then struggle to get one up on the board for the next three right. games so right uh, let's do the first and fourth liner my first liner is gonna be patty kane thirty four points through twenty three games feel like no one's really talking about that but that's pretty damn good let's not forget that this guy is still capable
0: of doing some pretty wicked stuff with the puck he looks like he wants another Stanley Cup I think he looks he like he should he looks like he's not fucking done no he he's looks not. like he's uh he looks like he's
1: gonna be in the heart conversation if they make some noise for the I think the so year. so we'll see
2: keep an eye on that uh, my fourth liner is gonna be Max Domi. so Columbus isn't really playing well right now. I think they've dropped their last five. In fact, I'm pretty positive they dropped their last five. Domi's only got seven points through 23 games. That's not, mm-hmm. I think, what they thought he was going to do when they brought him there. Uh, so, you know, when they get him from Montreal, I think they're expecting a little bit more out of him on a team that doesn't really have a ton of, like, you know, superstar scoring right. talent. I think you definitely need it on a team mm-hmm. like that. Yeah.
1: No, I agree. I think today's his birthday. Random fact. No, no, no evidence to back that up. Happy birthday. Wrong. Yeah. We'll just say it. Um, for my first liner, I'm going to pick Patty Kane's teammate, Alex to He's looked spectacular this season, big bounce back year after a disappointing campaign last season when Nick predicted he was going to win the rocket Richard <laughs> um, 25 points on the year to put him seventh in the NHL right now. He's got eight points in his last five games And he took a giant dump all over the wings the other night with four points. He looks good. The Hawks are vibing that offense and that over vibe is back. So that's always a good thing to have in our lives. And then my fourth line, I'm going to pick Carey Price. Uh, The Canadians have struggled, and that's honestly in large part because Carey Price's last four games have not been spectacular. He's one in three in his last four starts. And his average save percentage in those four starts is an eight, six, seven in that span. Uh, granted, he did play the Leafs twice in that span, so that's going to obviously hurt you a little bit. But I uh, also had a really bad game against the Senators too. So uh, Carey Price is going to be my fourth liner for the week. Mac?
0: It's funny. I actually almost picked both of those guys for my first and fourth liner because both of them are on my fantasy team. And so I'm like hyper (laughs) aware of when they're doing good or when they're doing bad. Um, But I I went with two other guys. Um, First liner, Drake Batherson. This is a guy I wish was on my fantasy team. I love this pick. I had my eye on this guy. Um, anyone who knows me knows that I play fantasy day-to-day where I'm looking at who's available every single day. I'm thinking about pickups I can make. I often use my all seven of my matchup acquisitions in a week. Um, and so I had my eye on this guy, but I didn't pick him up last week because the Senators didn't play that many games or something like that. I was going to pick him up this week. Somebody beat me to it. He's been great. Uh, he had a, he had two goals and a, a couple of assists, I think the other night. Um, but yeah, he's a big part of why the senators are buzzing right now. Um, and nobody's talking about, I mean, This guy sounds like, I think I've said this before, but this guy sounds like Drake Batherson sounds like a name that you're playing Chell franchise mode so long that you've made it to, like, 2031, and the game has been forced to make up names of, like, who you're drafting in, like, (laughs) the sixth (laughs) round of the 2031 draft. Like, oh, they they drafted Drake Batherson. uh, But no, he's...
1: I also just, uh, like... This is going to sound stupid, but I feel like that's what Drake Bell's name should be. Like, Drake Bell looks like a Drake Batherson. I know his name's Drake, but, like, the Batherson part just fits well. But,
2: like, Drake Bell in, like, a prep school on the lacrosse team, I feel like.
1: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) yeah. yeah, He's probably a MIDI. and then he brags about
0: being a Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. All right, anyway. (laughs) Fourth liner. It's time for our segment. Has Miro Miro Heiskanen scored a goal yet? No, he has not. He has nine assists in 16 games played zero goals Four, I believe in his last five games, he has one assist. That's it. Um, I hate to be so hard on such a young guy. I know it's like not that fair, but this guy was so fun to watch last season and in the bubble playoffs, he was like one of my favorite players to watch in the whole league. Um, So, you know, I'm not hating on him. I'm just like, I want to see that Miro again. I know he has it in him. Um, and yeah, I would, just, I would just love to see him find his game, but it's not happening. I think he'll get it back.
2: And he's getting power play time, I'm assuming, in Dallas.
0: So anyone in the league, in the fantasy league, if you're listening, I am looking to move Miro in. Uh I know I just talked him up for a real, real high-value trade, but um, yeah. Let's Breaking. Get him, let's get him shift off.
2: Breaking news. Put that on a clip. Maybe we could put something together. I don't know. I'll have yeah. my guy call your guy. <laughs> All
1: right. All right. Um, Who's the commissioner? Is it you, Nick?
2: It's Mac. I'm the it's commish.
1: Mac. You're the commish. Oh, you can make it happen. Threaten someone. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the power of having. I'll be the like, I'll
0: add, I'll add some stat corrections next time you lose by point one. And, there you uh, go. <laughs> yeah. I'll find a shot on goal that wasn't there <laughs> earlier in the week. Uh. Market report?
2: Yeah, let's do it. So I've got the Bolts. They've won their last four. They look great, plain and simple. And then the opposite of that is going to be the Blue Jackets. Like I said, they lost their last five. That's not good. They need scoring. They need help. They need basically everything right now. So those are my up and my down.
1: Uh, for my market report, I'm getting shafted in the real market, but nobody cares. Um, the Avalanche, speaking of getting shafted, they're 3-3 three and three in their last six and have looked incredibly inconsistent. They're barely in fourth place in the division right now. Um, And their games played isn't like crazy far off. Like, I'm not saying that because they're like the stars where they've only played like, you know, 15 games so far. I think they're within like the three or four games played mark with all the other teams. So they just haven't really been able to string it together ever since that McKinnon injury. So I'm looking for them to kind of bounce back this week. So keep an eye on that. And then my up team is the Ottawa Senators uh you know the pesky sends as rear loves to call them they're back four and one in their last five and they're only six points out of a playoff spot behind montreal so let's see how it goes they play montreal quite a bit coming up not sure how that's all gonna play out i i used to think i could guess those matchups pretty well those canadian teams but that montreal
2: ottawa one is
1: just too weird sometimes i don't know
2: you just but, never know which teams you're gonna get
1: yeah it's just like you know you if you get toronto ottawa over like you'll probably hit it 80% of the time. But with these guys, yeah. I'm like,
2: eh. It's either going to be like 8-7 or 2-1. to one.
1: They played a night, and I texted you guys earlier, Senators are plus 220 on the money line. I kind of like that. The only reason I'm hesitant is because the Senators beat the Habs last game, and I feel yeah. like I'm, you're playing with fire there.
0: I think the Sens may have won the last two even. Yeah. Uh, Got to go with the hot hand. Well, one right. of them went to overtime or something, something like that. I don't know, but – You're right. Um, Speaking of the Habs, they're actually my down team on the market this week. Um, I'm trying to think of this market report as like teams that you maybe don't want to bet for or don't want to bet against. And so I feel like a good down team this week is the Habs because I was real hot on betting on them like two weeks ago. And they actually won won me some decent money, but they were trendy. um, They were cool. But yeah. they're not anymore <laughs> <laughs> exactly all my homies hate the habs <laughs> uh, but no i actually i i wish they were playing well i i've said it on the pod before but i like the habs um but they're my down team wild that's a tough team to be to bet against they're right hot. now it's the minnesota wild uh they've looked really good last night was super interesting i actually got a chance i uh been able to watch some of these later games. I had a chance to watch the uh, Golden Knights wild game last night. That was a barn burner. Really good hockey game. But what ended up happening, I believe Minnesota was up like two goals uh, to start the third maybe even. Yeah, they were. Uh, maybe even halfway through the third. And um, Vegas rallied, tied it, won an OT. So, I don't know. I would just stay away from any bets that involve the wild right now just because they are hot. They've been looking good, but they they still don't totally have like the glue that, that that's going to hold them together. I think they're missing a little bit of confidence. Um, they don't really have like one star player either, but uh, they've looked good recently. I, I could like- be wrong. I think yeah. they've won like five or six in a row. Well, they lost last night, but oh.
1: before, before that, prior yes. to that, they had yes, yeah. What is it, Kaprizov or Kaspersov?
0: Kareel Kaprizov. He's been he's unreal. sick. He's
2: unbelievable. Fucking
1: yeah.
0: nasty. Dude. He's probably I, I think he's top candidate for rookie of the year right now. Oh,
2: hands down.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he
1: definitely should be. I don't think it's um,
0: particularly close. No
1: speaking of rookies did you see that zegras tried the michigan in like his second game
2: <laughs> and yeah. like that would have been his first nhl goal tool and he was like he was not far off too
1: no yeah. I, it was kind of like insane i was like there's no way that he's actually gonna score his first goal with a lacrosse style but. it's
0: kind of funny that he gets to score a shootout goal before a real mm-hmm. goal you know yeah. like that which was also filthy deal. which was sick yeah, yeah. but
1: yeah, that's kind of gotta be like a mixed bag of emotions. You're like, uh. right? You're like,
0: cool. <laughs> you scored on an NHL goalie, and it was yeah. a big goal that helped your team. But it's not your first NHL goal, and nobody. No, that to sucks.
1: <laughs> Hot take: I've always thought this. They should give an award for
0: best uh, shootout shooter.
2: I don't know why they don't have that yet. I feel like that's kind of like a. What would you would you do that like a vote in, or would you do that like a stat thing? Like, is it like highest percentage over the season, or is it like maybe a vote thing? Okay. Make it they should, it if they do that, bit.
0: they should also do it for the goalie stat thing. Like, yeah, best, yeah. the, best the best players vote on the goalie, like, and the goalie votes on the players. Ooh, that would be fun. Yeah, that'd, that'd be,
1: be pretty fun. sweet. I don't know what you who you would name it after, but um, probably Osher. probably Osher Kane are the two that come. Matt Hendricks,
0: <laughs> Matt, <Ooh. Yeah>. see <laughs> Jokinen. <UC> <laughs> little, little can opener action, right? Exactly. Um,
1: I do want to say before we wrap up. So now that this is official i'm very excited to say this we now have an empty betters roller hockey team that is now ai me- don't can't even can't even think of the arena we play at shit uh i'll get back to you on that at but it's rank like in,
0: to be determined it's like in white marsh i can't remember what it's called um, oh is it like near Honeygo boulevard or something yes, I, yes. Pla- I literally had like my 13th birthday party at that street hockey rink holy shit what's it yeah. called is it like I don't remember? It might be called like Honeygo or, or something like that. I know it's like right on right off Honeygo Boulevard, but the
1: guys call it Honeygo, so I, yeah, I, but it I think might it's, just be. I think it's called like Freedom or something. I don't oh, know.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sounds, I, I can't remember, but what you're talking about. It's a good we rank. Are
1: now. Officially, an empty batters roller hockey team with full blown jerseys, like full team. We are starting in I believe the D League, so keep that in mind. There's going to be a lot of stories alarmingly out of this. accurate. Oh yes, but we're going to work our way up to B, you mark my fucking words. <laughs> um Does a
0: goalie wear skates? I've always wondered this.
1: I think it depends on the league. Um I think in this league they do. Okay. If I
0: was a goalie, I'd wear sneakers in roller hockey for yeah. sure. Yeah. Just
1: so like you're not like pushing with an edge like an yeah, ice like you're on a fucking make wheel make it tougher
0: i feel like yeah
1: yeah anyway. so empty betters roller hockey is officially here i'm debating like taking this by storm and like maybe starting like a little twitter or instagram page and keep live stats just to be funny but that will be a new segment once that season starts with some good stories um that season starts i believe the first week of april and uh yeah i'm excited just wanted to get that off my chest
2: yeah, that's exciting. I'm pumped for it. The sweaters look incredible. So um... It's an
1: existing team that like needed guys, and I just came on and was like, hey, uh, you guys got a team name? And they're like, man, eh, we kind of want to rebrand it. I was like, perfect idea. And then boom.
2: <laughs> I so... happen to know
1: of something that you could use. <laughs> we're actually being sponsored uh, on that team too, by the way. Shout out to Play It Again Sports. Uh, our boy, my boy, Clay, uh, he works at play it against sports. His family owns it. I worked at the one in Westminster, but there's a bunch of franchises across the country. The one in Westminster is helping us out. Um, they're going to be having their logo on the back of it right below the Jersey number. It kind of hooked us up with this. So, uh, I wanted to give clay a shout out. We'll be working with him more going forward. Uh, super excited. Good stuff. Small people, small businesses helping small businesses. That's what the world's about. Exactly, you gotta love it. Yeah, it's great. So yeah, that's all I really have to add uh, at this point.
2: Uh, So you guys remember how my girlfriend's sister had a baby, like that I announced on the last episode.
1: Yeah, and you like hate holding
2: babies and shit. Yeah. No, I'm really, really good at holding babies. Uh, But you don't um, like it, it right? Like, I mean, it freaks me out. There you go. Yeah. Um. So I just wanted to say congrats because her other sister. Just had a baby as well. Holy <laughs> hell. Joseph Salvatore. Uh, what a baby name. Joey.
1: Baby Joey. Baby Joey. Uh, that's, a, that's an <laughs> Italian name. I love yeah. that. Oh,
0: yeah. Joey so,
2: Salvatore?
0: Yeah. Baby Joey.
2: <laughs> baby Joey. How you doing? Huh? <laughs> that that kid can make <laughs> a fucking oven pizza right now. Easily. Kids got more hair than me.
0: Yeah. Well, there yeah. you go. Yeah.
1: You just got the lettuce chopped too. So I did. Yeah. Mac, I got to say, I love your hat. Thank you. North this detail. is one I've had for a while. Yeah, it's a good. Yeah, one. It's fresh.
0: Um, any last couple notes, fellas? I think that's it. Uh, I, the, I, oh, you go. I was just going to say I'm excited to watch some hockey. We're like uh, an hour away from a bunch of puck drops. So there's some good games tonight. Islanders, uh, Devils, uh, Flyers, Penguins, a couple good ones. So,
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, be on the lookout on our social media page. We should be doing some type of uh, giveaway on that coming up here shortly we'll give you more details but be on the lookout for that we'll be sharing that on our stories and such and uh you know have a good week everybody good luck with the picks that'll wrap it up for us and without further ado class dismissed